and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen, the Lord my God of my Lord the king, say so too. As the Lord hath been with my Lord the king, even so be he with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet. And all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Here you see, kind of in a political sense, David's a legitimate king, and one of his sons tries to basically usurp that authority and become king, and he corrects it, makes it uh, a proper order. But here for us, we talk, we're, kind of our theme that I want us to think about, again, as we said, is aging. Um, responding wisely to, to aging. Um, you know, it's interesting to me, I, maybe this is a healthy fear, as I read the Bible, and even as I've watched people, I start to, and I hope I'm always like this, have a healthy fear of uh, failure as I get older. Sometimes as you're younger, you think you're all good and everything, and you fall a few times, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of dumb. I'm not that smart. And then as you get aged, and you get experience and knowledge and maybe you know, a little bit of whatever, some people, a little bit of wealth or assets. You start thinking, I know this, I know that, and I have this, and I have that. And then you can fall in a lot of different ways, morally, financially, intellectually, relationally. You can fall. And Job said, great men are not always wise. You think great men are always great. They may have gotten great because they were wise, and then they decided not to be wise as they got older. And Solomon himself said, in Ecclesiastes 4.13, he says, Better is a young, a young, I'm paraphrasing, a young but wise, a poor wise child is what he said. Better is a poor, a poor wise child than an old foolish king who will no more be admonished. In other words, you can have a king, I'm king, I've earned it here, but nobody can tell him anything anymore. Solomon says, it's better to have just a poor little kid that's smart than an old king with power, but you can't tell him anything. Um... Uh, there's scriptures that talk about hear rebuke and admonition. It says in Proverbs 19, and listen to instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. In other words, always be teachable that you may be wise even in your end, latter end. So we gain, all of us, we all gain some experience. We get older, we gain knowledge, but we can still become foolish because we may be getting proud or sometimes we're not, we don't come, we don't get on, even in a, maybe not in a, un, that we may not mean this intentionally, but sometimes our senses get dull, like our, you know this, let's, you know, our hearing, our sight. And we have to be honest with ourselves about our own aging. Now, um, that, okay, this is how I am, and I got to be more aware that I can't see as clearly, and I can't hear everything as good, and and so that's humbling, and so that therefore means maybe I need to ask somebody else to drive for me at night or need somebody else to help me instead of trying to do it all myself. It's sometimes humbling to be older. But anyhow, here's the deal. Um, Yannick, did you have that? Okay, that's okay. No big deal. Here's what we're going to look at. I'll tell you the five points, and we'll, I just plan to do three of them. 
Okay? Here's the five, we're going to look at five areas David had to wisely address as he got older. <laughs> what do you think the five areas are? Somebody talk back to me, see if you can guess them. What are some areas that David had to deal with as he was getting older? What's that? His physical health. So number one, his health issues. First issue that we're going to look at is health challenges. He had to wisely deal with. What's another issue you see? Family. That's the second point. Family challenges. He had to... And you, see, this is what... You think you get older. I'm getting older. I'm retiring. I'm going to go live in an anthem community. It's all good. You're going to still have some challenges. He had to deal with health challenges. He had to deal with family challenges as he's getting older. Um, and then I'll just tell you, the third one is cognitive challenges. David was not as sharp and as aware as he used to be, man. He used to be out on the battlefield, killing Goliath and doing a bunch of cool stuff. Kind of gory, but cool. And he would watch sheep and kill bears and lions. and that. Man, he couldn't pay attention to that much anymore. You know, he could probably sleep outside overnight also and, you know, next to his sheep and maybe just have one little coat. But now he can't get warm enough at all. So he had, but anyways, it's back to the cognitive challenges, okay? And then probably next week we'll look at the fact that he had organizational challenges. He had, he's still running an organization. It was called a kingdom, and he had to arrange this and arrange that. And then number four, discipleship challenges. He actually, in chapter two, he had to help disciple, finish some discipleship of his son Solomon and get him ready to take over. He says, these guys, watch out for. These guys are good. This guy do this and follow God and know the God of your fathers. He had all these challenges, health, family, cognitive challenges, organizational challenges, and discipleship challenges at age 70. See, again, you, things come on you that you're like, man, I didn't think I'd be having all that at that age. That happened to him. All right, number one, let's look at this. Health challenges. Look what it says. It's kind of embarrassing reading it. You're like, what is going on here with David? This is weird. This is weird. Never try this, okay? Unless it's just you and your wife, okay? So David was old. They couldn't. This guy was cold all the time. He's cold. They couldn't get heat. I think it's talking about his regular body temperature, and they just, he's always cold. So if he's always cold, it's raining outside, isn't it? Cool. All right, so he's always cold, and he can't get warm, and not enough blankets, not enough wool. And so what they say, the, the, the servants are like, just get a girl. I mean, what's one more? He's got a bunch of wives. I don't know. That's not what they said. But they brought this beautiful young virgin to come in and be basically, it sounds like a human warming blanket, like a nurse. That, I don't know. Cozy is a little blanket. I don't know. But he didn't, it was, he just didn't marry her. He didn't know her. It was kind of weird. He never married. He didn't know her. She never, it was actually his wife. She was just a very close nurse. All right? It's weird, but... Anyways, the point there is it's a health challenge. He's, unco he's, he's uncomfortable all the time, constantly cold. So anyways, he's getting old. It's a, it's a problem. And so what does it do, though? It, it kind of like that's what he's focused on now. He's focused. I can't get I can't. And the servant's like, get this guy warm because we have so many administrative decisions we need to make, and he's not paying attention to them. So that's what they had to do. And that's sometimes a health. As we get older, health can be a distraction. Like all of a sudden I can't do this and this and this and that. Like one guy, listen to this. You know you're getting older. See, some of you, some of you kids, you're like, oh, he's going to tell old people jokes. I used to think that way too. I was like, oh, man, Pastor Roy's telling old people jokes, and Mr. Rogers is always laughing. And, oh, 
whatever. And now I'm like, these are funny. I like these now. You know you're getting older when everything hurts and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. You know you're getting older when the gleam in your eye is from the sun hitting your bifocals. You know you're getting older when your knees buckle but your belt won't. You know you're getting older when you get winded just playing Monopoly. You know you're getting older when children... You know you're getting older when your children begin to look middle-aged. You know you're getting older when you look forward to a dull evening at home. You know you're getting older when you sit in a rocking chair. It just takes a while to get it going. You know you're getting older when your back goes out more than you do. You know you're getting older when you have too much room in the house and not enough in the medicine cabinet. You know you're getting older when you sink your teeth into a steak and they stay there. All right, that's getting older. You got to laugh about it, otherwise you're just going to cry. It's just a fact of life, you know, dental needs, eyesight, hearing, uh, temperature sensitivity, blood sugar, sleep necessity, you know, lots of sleep, more naps. And what David, he has to take time to get treatment, and so sometimes we do too. Take time to treat our aging self, you know. And that's just it. And sometimes I realize, of course, you know, I'm getting a little older. My parents are. And I want to be close to my parents to just be there and be cognizant of what they're going through. And, and then the Roys and I share Pastor and Mrs. Roy as in-laws. And we're the same way. We're like, how's mom and dad doing? Oh, dad's getting a hip replacement? Cool. Mom's got to do stuff with her eyes? All right, all right. You know, we're trying to stay cognizant of where they're at. It's just part of a natural thing there that we, to see them through and care for them as long as we can. Health challenges. Number two, family challenges. Again, verses 5 to 10 is a family challenge. What's this kid's name again, kids? What's this bad boy's name? What's his name? It's right there in the Bible. Huh? Adonijah. Adonijah. What is he trying to do? What's he trying to do here, Josh? What? Steal the throne. Steal the throne. All right. What makes it a little easy for him to do this? I was already talking about it. Matthew. What's that? His father's, his father's king. But what is it? Why is it that he could get so far? He already had. He got a website. He got a campaign. He got promotion. I mean, it, it would have been like that. He got all these men. He got one of the retired priests. He got these other big names. It was actually his dad's cousin that was helping him. That used to be a general. He had all. How did he do all that stuff? Again, exactly. David was like, man, I'm, I'm dealing with myself. I'm older. There was also a parental issue, okay? Yeah. One of the parental issues, and I don't mean to preach this whole thing, but verse 6 says, His father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why hast thou done so? Now, there's kind of a, a little bit of responsibility on dad a little bit here. Adonijah, dad's having issues. Now dad's got this lady helping him with get warm, and so he's like, I'm going to be king. And he, he has a kind of his own campaign. He said the polls and it looks like people would vote for him or whatever. And he has these chariots and he's having a party and he's having a feast. And it's also that he had a mentality that his dad let have. Watch this, boys and girls. He has a mentality that he's taking with him. Dad's not going to tell me it's wrong. Dad's not going to make me upset. Because when he was younger, now dad, again, David had too many wives and he had several, of course, he had several kids. And so one of the things about his relationship with Adonijah is, Adonijah, what are you doing? Stop, stop kicking 
the, um, stop kicking that guy's chariot wheel. He wouldn't say that to him. He'd say, you know, oh, he's just being a kid or something. He never displeased Adonijah at any time saying, why are you doing this? Or, in other words, the, the purpose of a parent is not to make misery on you guys. It's to bring you up. Let's grow up. Let's grow up. Grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Water you with love. Care for you. Provide for you. But it's also to restrict. If you're bent to go this way, no, we're not going that way. We're going this way. If you're bent to go that no, we're not going that way. We're going this way. And it's to displease you if, they have, if we have to. I want to go, I want to watch this crazy movie. No, we're going this way. I want to go uh, listen to this weird, you know, this whatever music that all my other buddies, like. no, we're going to go this way. It's not because, ha, 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 we are the masters of misery. And we have this sadistic thing where we like to see you suffer. No, it's not that. We need to bring you up, mature you. And if it means displeasing you, we will. The point is, quickly, is that David, it says David never really displeased him. He kind of just let him go. And so he came into the throne with this mentality that, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And so it was a family challenge. Now David still had to respond to it. A son who's going rogue. And it's not rogue in a good sense. He's being deceptive and self-willed. Um, and so for us as parents... It, I mean, what parent doesn't have any regrets raising your kids? Whenever we raise our kids, you could always say, ah, I could have did this better. I could have did that better. I could that better. There will always be that. But we want to eliminate as many of them as possible right now in how we raise the kids. But even then, when we've done our dead level best, when our kids get older, sometimes they could bring a problem into our life that we might have to deal with. I've seen it happen to the best of families. I don't know what my family's going to have. I mean, I'm, there's all kinds of things, you know, that we've had to deal with, and just even up to this point, and I'm hoping that we can um, respond wisely to our kids. And now, again, if our kids have their adults and they have problems, there's a certain level of, <laughs> that's on you, man. You know, I can advise you, but sometimes they tie their problems into you. And you have to learn to respond to that. And in, definitely in this case, David had to respond to it. And he had to put down his foot and even embarrass his son. Because his son had already started a good campaign. He had a really cool website. He had all these friends. He had all this people. He had another relative on his side. And David had to say, nope. And he said, Bathsheba, Nathan, you're right. Let's get Solomon here and let's get the right people and, the right, and get the right king in. And that kid had to you know, eat crow or whatever you want to say. Family challenges, sometimes we have that. Number three, let's look at this, this last one here, cognitive challenges. Again, I said what cognitive means. It, it means you're kind of at a diminishing awareness. Um, isn't it cool how kids are really aware? Always aware of stuff. Like, we're going to do these, uh, we've been, for charity, we're doing eye tests and ear tests, like every, I don't know, year or so. And because they want to be real, um, you know, with Down syndrome, they can have certain things uh, not as acute. And we're like, her hearing's really good. Her um, 
therapists like, make sure you get the hearing test. We're going to get it. We were behind getting it. But my wife and I weren't stressing out about being behind getting it because we're like, this girl can hear. She does hear us, but she can also hear like, we'll be, I'm serious, like we'll be in a building like this and we'll see sitting there. All of a sudden she'll go, huh, 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 huh. And that's her way of barking back. She'll hear a dog out yonder somewhere and she'll bark back. <laughs> she loves dogs. You know, that's what my kids think is the key to getting a dog. Charity likes dogs. It's going to help her. It's good therapy. Uh, she is a dog. She's the cutest one we've ever had. You know. <laughs> but anyway, so so we're like, uh, she can hear very, very well. She can hear really good. You know, she's got that acuteness there. But we're that happens to us. We have a diminishing, you know, our senses, but also our response. You ever notice that? I used to think I was pretty quick, and I used to be pretty quick. Now I'm like, I'm not as quick as I. Used to be, you know, so a little slower. How about remember the Serenity Prayer? Anybody know the Serenity Prayer? I love that. I first got that on a graduation card from somebody in this church when I graduated from high school. Uh, God, what is it? God grant me the serenity to uh, accept the things I cannot change to have the, to, the courage to change the things I can, right? And the wisdom to know the difference. That's a great statement. That's a great prayer. Now, here's another type of prayer like that, the, the senility prayer. How's this one? Here we go. Ah, God, grant me the senility to forget the people I never liked anyways. The good fortune to run into the ones I do. And the eyesight to tell the difference. <laughs> you know, there's another prayer like that. You know, sometimes we like, I had, this happened to me. I just thought of this. I had a guy, one time I was out door knocking. I think it was actually over north of Baseline, west of Gilbert. I knocked on a door. I knocked on, a, I don't even know, maybe, I think one of my boys was with me. Knocked on this door, knocked on this door. And this guy, the guy comes to the door. He goes, come on in. And he, he just, he opened the door and he said, come on in. And I was like, come on in. And then he walked away. And so I was like, I was looking, I think it was Gideon. I was like, all right, let's go in and we open the door. He's like, and then I can hear him down the hallway. Go ahead and sit down. He's like, all right. So we sat on the couch, you know, me and Gideon sitting down. And this guy, he just quickly saw me and why he's older, walked back, walked down the hallway, doing something. And I'm he's like, Okay, so me and Gideon are just sitting there. It's a nice kind of clean house. It was just, I think it was just him. I don't know if he had a wife with him, but he was the only one we saw. And he's back there for a while. We're just like, what's going on here? And we're sitting down. And I thought, well, cool. Maybe the Lord's opening the door for me to witness this guy. And, and, uh, and he's there for a while thinking, what is this? It seemed like a long time. It may have only been five minutes. I don't know, 10 minutes at the most. Finally, the guy comes walking back. He comes walking back down the hallway. He comes walking. He's like, he looks at me like I'm some stranger. And he sits down. And he's like, hey there. I was like, hi there. And we're just like, kind of like sizing each other up. And he's like, so you're not, and he named somebody or something. I'm like, no, no, I'm a pastor from Royal V Baptist Church. And I named who I was. He's like, oh, all right. And he was an old, I think he thought I was somebody else he was expecting to come. And he's like, hey, come on in. And then when he saw I'm just somebody else, he's going, oh. So we, we anyways, it was really funny. We sat there. He was older. And I just don't think he was really focusing on who he was talking to and didn't know that. But it did give me a chance to talk to him, invite him to church, give him the gospel briefly. 
And then I left, and that was all there was to it. But I remember sometimes it just happens that way. David wasn't aware of everything in his kingdom. He wasn't aware of that was hap- what was happening. He became less cognizant and vigilant. Okay, so let's get a couple applications, and then we'll move on here. For us as younger people, including myself, throwing myself in there, we need to help our parents and our grandparents when they're like this and never exploit them. Here's what's happening. So again, David's, what does it say? Verse 11, Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign? And David, our Lord, knoweth it not. Again, Nathan's acute to everything that's happening. He goes to the mother of the, supposed to be the next king, the extra wife of David. Don't you know that this other guy's the king and David doesn't know it? Here's what you need to do. Go into King David, say, my lord the king, didn't you swear to me that Solomon, our son, is supposed to be king? Don't you know right now that Adonijah's king? And while you're doing that, Bathsheba, I'm going to come in right after you and just kind of uh, confirm this whole thing. So he doesn't just think, oh, whatever, it's just my nagging wife or something like that. No, we're going to confirm this, and it's not going to be some suspicion. So she does it. She goes in. She says such and such to him. You told us Solomon's going to be, you said Solomon's going to be king, but Adonijah's king. Oh, hold on. Oh, there's Nathan. I better go on out. Nathan comes in and says, my Lord, the king, did you not, is there something you haven't told me here? Don't you know Adonijah's king right now? This kid's trying to run the show. Didn't you say that Solomon's supposed to be king? Didn't you swear by the Lord that Solomon's supposed to be king? Have you done something that I just don't know about? And what he's doing, this is, a, this, is a, this is a benefit to older person. Sometimes you need something affirmed by two trustworthy people. He trusted, I think he trusted Bathsheba, and he definitely trusted Nathan. And it gets affirmed by him. He's, again, he's not 100%. He's like, all right, oh, yeah, this is real. This is a real deal. Okay, that's really happening? All right. And that settled it for him. They were not exploiting him like the son was. They were helping him. They were protecting him. They were, being, they were coming along as their trusted voice in his life and being that. And for us, as we get older, we need to make sure we're listening to trusted voices, not the telemarketer. You know, these telemarketers are exploiting our parents and grandparents and door-to-door salesmen. Watch out for that. Mrs., um, one of the sisters in the church older that, her son told me about some things he's trying to help her do so she doesn't get taken advantage of financially. And that's exactly what we learned from this here tonight. Help our parents and grandparents. Never exploit them. Protect them. And those of us that are aging, find trusted voices and lean on them. Nathan made sure that he heard two trusted voices to confirm the major issue. Look at verse 14. Behold, while thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy words. That's what he does. Um, let's just do, let's just, so the next thing we'll look at next time, organizational challenges. He has to maneuver some things and discipleship challenges. I was um, encouraged by something I read and I'll just close with this thought. Remember I mentioned to you this morning about, um, remember that I told you about that book called, um, by my spirit. I think we, I might have some extra copies here too. And, it's by Jonathan Goforth, Presbyterian missionary, who really, God used him to see some revival in uh, China and Korea. Um, 
he keeps, it's like filled with testimonies of just kind of these revival moments. And I was really encouraged because one of the other things I read from him was he would go to these churches. He'd preach and pray, and he'd, he'd, he'd basically help them just kind of get right with God because the churches even then were kind of just becoming stale and institutionalized. And, um, and he, he tells us, I, I, I'm just going to have to tell you my own words, there's several of them, but basically a lot of times the turning point in some of these churches would be an elder, would be like a pastor or the main pastor that's older, he would say, you know what? I'm not right with God. I don't want to be, and I want to tell the whole church. And he'd say that, and he would, you know, and the whole church would pray together. And then sometimes there'd be, because <clears throat> um, Jonathan, Goforth, Jonathan Goforth would emphasize prayer. He'd emphasize coming to the meetings, hearing the message, but prayer and confession. If you've wronged somebody, come out and say it. If you have, if there's a serious sin issue, let's get it to light and deal with it, church discipline, and move on and move forward. And that's what was happening. And one of the times, probably more than once, but one that I particularly read was like, it was like, it was several elders and even I think some deacons in the church that said, you know what, this has not been right in my life. And, um, you know, I wasn't fair with this person. I wasn't honest with this money. I wasn't whatever. And it was like there were several elders and some deacons in this one church that all did that. And, and they're like, we're just, they all, they're like, we're just resigning because we need to make sure we're right with God. And, and it caused basically the whole church to kind of just get right with God. And I think it was the next day or maybe even that night because they'd have these long meetings. The church says, we're just, uh, we're just reappointing you. <laughs> because they're like, all right, you got it right. We got it right. And I guess what I'm just saying is I'm blessed by reading the fact that sometimes people are, um, we, I say I'm young, we as younger people sometimes can be very much touched and affected when we see somebody older in the Lord, older in age, do something that's humbling and genuine. It affects us. It affects us. You know, when you see a parent, you know, there's a tenderness to the Lord, or there's a humility. It affects you. And I saw that, and it affected revival, even in the day of Jonathan Goforth. And I think David is showing that element in a certain way in his day. Just like what the Bible says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And so we'll, we'll stop right there, and we'll, look at, we'll continue exploring this whole thing of David and his country and uh, next time.